So uh, you pray for me uh, and pray for us for that matter. But uh, tonight, I just I want to give you an update real quick right before I get in. And I had to write some things down. I said if I'll forget it if I don't. But uh, I want to say thank you for having us again tonight. We love y'all. Thank you for the hospitality tonight. You know, um, as many churches we're in, folks, it ain't like this everywhere. You don't get this everywhere. Don't take for granted what you got. Uh, because I'm here to tell you, once you start going on the road, you don't see that everywhere. And so uh, I'm thankful for to be here tonight. I'm thankful for your prayers. I'm thankful for your financial support. Those who do it, those who do it personally, but as a church, thank you so much. Our family could not be doing, could not be going the places and doing what God's called us to do without your faithful support. Um, so uh, I just want to say thank you there. But this year has been an amazing year, to say the least. Uh, you know, we've dealt with COVID, but praise God, God's seen us through that, hasn't He? Uh, we're here. We're here today. I know we, we're not all here, uh, but needless to say, I am glad that we are here. It's been a busy year. I wrote down some things. Uh, I had a thought on my mind, but I just want to. I want to give you just some of the stuff that we've done this year. In uh, mileage, we drove over forty-six thousand miles this year alone. Um, I don't remember how many states we were in. I didn't write that down. We were in 257 services this year. Um, I had the opportunity to preach about 107 times, uh, presented our work about 170 times. I was in 36 prisons when everything shut down. I was still in 36 prisons this year. So God's opened some doors. But just some, some of the highlights we got to see this year, we got to see Niagara Falls while we were traveling. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, we got to see the arches. If you keep up with us on Facebook, I try to put this stuff because I think it's pretty amazing to see some of these. You know, we're like, oh, let's go over to this country. Let's go to Europe. Let's go to Asia. Let's go here. Folks, we got a lot here in America that we still hadn't seen. America's gorgeous. We had the opportunity to go see the Grand Canyon. We got to see the Rockies. I've seen enough desert that I'm tired of seeing desert. Um, if you've drove out west and you understand what I'm saying, when you think it's far to drive an hour down to Charlotte, oh, excuse you, because when you get in a car and you drive out west, you'll drive for four or five hours and not see nothing. It is completely different out there. They didn't tell me that. They did tell me, they said, brother, if you pass a bathroom or you pass a gas station, stop. They said, because you ain't going to see them again. Went up through Wyoming, all you see is antelope and that's it. Uh, and wind, and you don't see it, you feel it, it'll blow you off the road. But we had the opportunity, um, I had the opportunity to, to preach, we were doing popcorn preaching, we were up in uh, North, um, our Northfield, Massachusetts at the Moody Center, and I had the opportunity to preach on the same floor and stand in the same spot that Deal Moody preached for him. And what a privilege and an honor that was as God opened that door for us. Uh, just last week, uh, or I guess two weeks ago, I just started back my bachelor's degree in theology, so I'm really excited about that. Um, staying busy, of course. Uh, but uh, just give you a little update what's going on around here. Last night, I preached up at Wilkes. We're still at Wilkes, folks. Um, I'm preaching by FM Transmitter. And Chaplain called me today, and it just thrilled my heart. He said, Justin, I just want to give you a word of encouragement. He said, there's some people still listening. And boy, that just encourages me. He said he's baptized 25 since August to, to now. People are getting saved. COVID didn't stop everything. I don't know if we can get excited about that or not, but praise God, there's some people going to heaven. I think I'll get excited about that if you don't. But I just say tonight that, you know what, that's exciting, uh, that we're still able to do it by FM transmitter. Uh, we went to, in October, uh, Kristen and myself went and trained in Tennessee. We walked in the doors, and I had my mask on. And he said, uh, you don't need that. I said, praise the Lord, I don't need a mask going to the prison. And so I've done enough of that this year down in South Carolina, but uh, I got to take my mask off. Well, anyways, we're just waiting right now. We've been trained. We're just waiting on our badges. We're cleared for the entire state of, of Tennessee. So we're really encouraged about that. Um, but uh, needless to say, there's so many things going on next month. Y'all pray for us. We'll be in Mississippi. I'm going into a prison with about 1,200, 1,500 men, about 1,000 women, and about 600 youth. 
and we'll be there for a full week. It's about 2,500 to 3,000 individuals in a prison in central Mississippi. Never been to Mississippi, so I'm looking forward to this traveling. Uh, but we'll be in Mississippi next month for, for a full week. I think there's 20 of us going in down there. And so we're going to take that week and we're going to minister. They don't really want us to hold so much services as we're going to do one-on-one soul winning. And that's all we're going to do. We're going to go from one person to the next. You know, if they say they don't want it, that's all right. We'll go to the person that does want it. And so uh, God's opened some doors there. Let me, let me I, I may get a little bit excited about this, but let me tell you, we stepped out by faith in January. Many of y'all know that. We started the deputation trail full time. We had 4%. Folks, 4% don't feed you. 4% don't give you much. But as of today, I got an email today. We're at 50% as of today. That's the God that I serve. God can do it. Maybe we can't do it, but God can do it. And so I just I want to rejoice and just say God can. But I want to I want to just say these last three things real quick, and we'll get into our Bibles tonight. Uh, I got three very specific prayer requests, very serious prayer requests, and I do covet your prayers on these. Uh, the first and foremost is my dear wife. Uh, as many of y'all know, she's been battling some health issues. Um, they do not know what's going on. I'll go ahead and tell you that because I wish we knew. Uh, they thought it was MS. They thought she's had a stroke. Needless to say, if you were to take your eye and, and, sl- and slice it down the middle, the left side on both eyes, Kristen's completely blind in now. Um, so it's been definitely a challenge, been a little bit more difficult. If you stand on her left side and she doesn't see you there, forgive her because she doesn't know you're there. Um, but um, So we've been going to the doctors and going to a lot of doctors for that matter, and no one has any answers. I know God has answers. I was reminded the other day that Jesus healed the eyes of the blind, so we ain't got nothing to worry about today. Um, if Whatever this is or whyever this is, this is for God's glory. This is for no other reason. But I would ask you to pray for my wife's eyes. A second thing I made mention of, pastor is probably one of the only ones that knows about this right now, but I wanted to let our church know what's going on in my heart. We've been praying for a while. We went out to the southwest, and we flew, out, we flew into Denver. We drove down through Utah. We went to Arizona. And everywhere I go, I try to be relevant what I'm presenting. Um, and I want to tell them what's going on. I want to tell them what's going on in their neck of the woods. And so we went down there. I preached in a few churches and presented down there. We headed up, went into uh, Utah. We were in Salt Lake City, and God began to stir a burden on my heart. And so Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And our burden and our desire, of course, is to serve. And so while we were out there, I got to studying out Arizona. And folks, in our ministry, we've not had anybody out there in 15 years to serve in Arizona. Not only that, there is 48 prisons on 14 complexes. There is four federal prisons. The pastors out there told me, they said, Justin, when you pull into a town, they know it because it's a prison town. They don't know it for any other reason. And it just I was doing some more studying on it. There's 42,000 people in state prisons alone. There's 62,000 between the prison, the state, the jails, and the federal prisons. Arizona is the eighth highest in the world per capita incarceration rate in the world. Right here in the United States of America. And it just blew my mind because I was like, Lord, what, what are we going to do? What is someone going to do? And so, would you pray with us? I'm praying how God might use us there. I'm not saying we're packing up, we're moving. But what I am saying is we have an opportunity to reach people that are not getting the gospel. Unfortunately, not like here where you can drive five minutes and find another church. When you go out west, you'll drive two hours just to find a halfway decent church. Folks, I put in, some, I put in something the other day, put in the zip code. I found 14 Baptist churches within 100 miles of one radius there. And then I got to doing some digging on them. And about eight of them actually stand on the right type stuff. So it just blew my mind because when they get out, if they're saved, where are they going to go to church? How are they going to grow? 
Folks, they're set, up for, they're set up for failure. Truly, they're set up for failure. And so I want you to pray with us on that. And our third one, I guess is the big one. I guess it's more of a surprise than anything else. Um, and our third one is this. Please pray specifically. Um, we need some B names. We've ran out of B names. So, come July 2022, we will be adding to our addition. We're adding another child. Um, and we're praying for a little girl because we're kind of outnumbered for boys right now. But would you pray for my dear wife, for her sanity? Uh, would you pray for us as we travel? Uh, so uh, needless to say, I thought everyone would get a kick out of that. I did not tell you that to begin with because I figured you'd already zoned me out after that. Uh, but anyways, our family's ever growing. This will be uh, Kristen's seventh pregnancy, our sixth, Lord willing, our sixth living child. But we praise the Lord that he's blessed us beyond measure. And it is good to be with you tonight. If you've got a Bible, flip with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 10. I don't think my nerves have settled down none. I may have to run around a little bit, but I am excited to be here tonight. Luke chapter number 10. Go with down with me to verse number 25 when you find your place. And I just want to read just for a moment. Uh, just give you a thought that the Lord's laid on my heart. I want to be a blessing to you tonight. I, I think about this. I heard this at a camp meeting to, uh, over a year and a half ago. Uh, I didn't come in to be a blessing to you tonight. I didn't come in to be blessed tonight. I came in to worship tonight. And that's my goal tonight is to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I think if we'll worship Him, everything else will be taken care of. We so often, we're so, so caught up on, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. How about we just go in to worship Him? And as we worship Him, He'll take care of everything else and there won't be anything else we need to worry about tonight. But look down with me at verse number 25 tonight and I'm going to start here. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and, tempt, uh, and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord with all, uh, thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I love this next part. And this is where, we're gonna, where the text is going to come from tonight. Verse 30 goes on to say, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his remnant and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host, and said unto them, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou? was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Father, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to come in and worship. God, I'm privileged and honored to be back here at home tonight. God, I just thank you for the sweet embrace. Lord, I thank you for the uh, great handshakes and the, and the hugs and the uh, words of compassion tonight, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are good. Lord, you are merciful. You are wonderful tonight, Lord. Lord, but we need you more now than we've ever needed you, Lord. Here is the very last service of the year. Lord, the last service of the year before we start the new year, before Sunday rolls around. 
God, I pray, Lord, that we would end 2021 with the right mindset, with our hearts in the right place as we start off 2022. Now, I know it may just be another day, but Lord, it is a new year. God, would we give you honor and glory for all that be done. Lord, please help us tonight. Lord, I pray, Lord, you give me a touch from on high. Lord, I cannot do this of myself. Lord, if it's just in me, I'll never do it. But God, I depend on you tonight. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for showing up. Thank you for these wonderful songs already. Thank you for the uh, time of offering. God, what a time of worship. Lord, as we get to give back what you've already given us. And then, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand and proclaim the Word of God. Lord, we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As you read this context or as you read this chapter, you'll find many things going on here. At the beginning of the chapter, it starts off with Jesus commanding and instructing his followers to conduct how to conduct themselves and how to carry out the work of God. I love this because when you open your Bible, God is always trying to teach. He is always trying to grow you in your Christian faith. If you open your Bible, you should learn something every time you open your Bible. I've been reading some areas I don't have a clue about this week. I've been challenged in my reading. I was reading Lamentations. I'm like, Lord, this is sorrowful right here. God allowed me to preach at Lamentations just last night. Because in the middle of that book, in chapter number 3, midway through, we find out that Jeremiah, there's something good that happens. He begins to recall. He begins to remember. He begins to look back and see what God's already done. You know what? When you're going through some hard times, how about we just go back and look at what God's done? Don't think, oh, woe is me. This is hard. You can go set you up a little pity party with Satan all day long. But what you need to do is you need to get alone with God and start praising Him. Lift up holy hands unto His name because He is worthy. But as we continue to see, we, uh, we also see something I think is just amazing. The ultimate goal is to make you into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 28 and 29 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow... He also did predestine to be conformed to the image of His Son. That He might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what? We are to become more like Christ with every passing day. I ask you this tonight. Do we fail in our attempts? You better believe we do. Every single one of us fails every single day. But should we continue? Oh, that's an absolute yes. Don't give up. Don't let Satan win. Oh, I messed up today. Lord, please forgive me. That's why we got 1 John 1 and 9. We're supposed to go to God and confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We're to move forward, folks, not to sit there. I think about some people in our Bible. Had Joseph gave up while he was in prison, did you know the children of Israel would have died of famine because he wouldn't have been there in that spot to help them? I think about this. What about Nehemiah? Had Nehemiah not got a burden for his people, the wall would have never been built. It was built in 52 days. Oh, my goodness. I don't think. I mean, when you can set houses up on that, that thing was pretty wide. But you know what happened? The people of God linked arms with one another and they built the wall back. I think not only about Joseph, I think about Nehemiah. What about Jesus? He knew the pain he would have to suffer when he went to the cross of Calvary. Don't know about you, but I ain't, well, I don't want to go through that. Don't know that I would want to give up my child. I've got, I've got many sons. <laughs> I've got a whole lot of sons. But I'm not willing to give one of them up for anybody. I wouldn't dare give a single one of my sons up. But yet God gave His only begotten for me. For me. I don't know what's in your closet. I know what's in mine. I know my past. I know I'm undeserving tonight. But yet Christ still went. And Christ still died on that cross for you and me. Why? So that we could be conformed into His image. So that we could have a relationship. There was no bridge back to heaven, folks. They were trying to live by the law. But the law is not good enough, folks. We've got to do. We've got to have grace by faith. 
And so we read on, and as we, as we study this out, and as we begin to look at this chapter, I see many different things. But something I find just amazing is during all this, when all this is going on, there comes in a lawyer, someone very educated, someone very smart. And he begins to tempt Jesus. I think he didn't know his Bible too awful well because he didn't know about Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be, bread, be made bread. You know what I, I think the lawyer didn't realize? He'd already been tempted by the greatest tempter. Who was this lawyer? What was he going to do to Christ? But it says in verse number 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him. Here he was trying to tempt Christ of all people. Satan had already done it. You know what? Satan would love for you to think tonight that you can do something of yourself. That you can do it all by yourself. I, I, I'm ashamed to say this, but I got a phone call Monday and uh, somebody had, there was a death in the family and they said, can you come preach the funeral? You know what immediately I went and done? I called pastor. <laughs> immediately. Um, but that wasn't the answer. I found out real quick because I got alone with the Lord, and the Lord said, why didn't you come to me first? I've got the answers. Why are you going to man? Now, I love my pastor, but he's not the one I should have went to. I should have went to God first. You understand, we'll always go to somebody else. With, when Kristen with her vision problem, you know what? when the first thing we got, as soon as we got, oh, we should, her eyes are, are, are messed up, we went and got out in the car and we praised God. That's exactly what we did, folks. I'm not lying, I promise you. We went out there and we began to praise God. I don't know why it's came into our life. But we're going to praise God through it. And so I see, uh, as we continue to read, we'll, we'll notice some things that we cannot do it of ourselves, but we can do it according to Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. It's not by our own ability. We can't, but God can. As we continue to read this, this book or this chapter to say, I see so many different things, but I want to, I want to get down to my message tonight. I want to get down to the, to the meat of the message tonight. And I want to preach on this thought, are you a good Samaritan? Are you a good Samaritan? Verses 1 through 12, we'll find out there's a sending. They're sending the folks out. Verses 13 through verse 16, we see the warning. You know what? If you don't do right, this is what's going to happen. Verses 17 through verses 24, we see the rejoicing. And I love that because even Jesus rejoices in this passage of Scripture. Verses 25 through verses 29, though, we see the questioning. There was two questions that the lawyer brought before Jesus. Jesus had two questions for him as well. But I want you to notice right here in verses 30 through verses 37, we see the teaching. You say, what is Jesus teaching? Well, I believe He's teaching a great lesson for us all. Here we are going to close out the year, literally the last service of the year. We're going to start off 2022 right. Hopefully you've got some New Year's resolutions. Most people do. Uh, we're going to hit the gym. That's always the first one. We're going to hit the gym. We're going to lose weight. Um, something I found out, when you're on deputation, all you do is gain weight. I don't care where you go, what you do. You're just going to gain weight. Um, I, I'm probably at least, I don't know, 10, 15 pounds heavier than I was when we started. Um, and I need to go run or do something, and maybe we can do that later. But um, I find out in this, uh, in this passage of Scripture that there is some teaching going on. So let me bring you to the first point. Number one, I see that the Samaritan was teaching, Jesus was teaching about the Samaritan, that he came to where he was. Look with me at verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. I love this. If we can ever get over ourselves and go to where the lost and the hurting are, we'll notice some things, folks. If we'll ever go to them, we can't stand back and say, you know what, oh, we're just going to let this happen. But if we'll ever go to them, first of all, we'll notice their placement. Notice where they're at. This man was on the side of the road, and I've been thinking about this. This man, so all of a sudden, we've got a story, a parable here, and this man is laid out on the side of the road. 
He's broken. He's hurting. He's naked. I mean, he's got nothing. And we have people walking by him. But we notice right here his placement. We notice he was on the roadside. I think about the verse that God called us into the prison ministry. Matthew chapter number 25, verses 35 and 36. For I was a hungered and you gave me meat. I was a thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came into me. I think about the homeless. They're, they're laying out on the side of the street. When we were in Denver, I learned something that I never knew. Maybe you, maybe you knew this, maybe you didn't. But in Denver, they have an average of 2,000 people die every year, homeless people, because they freeze to death. That blew me away. Denver's cold, folks. I mean, Denver's cold. When we were walking around Salt Lake City, and we were walking in a, in a store, and as we were walking in a store, there was a man passed through. He had no shoes on his feet. I don't know if it was more than 34 degrees outside. He had no shoes on his feet. I think about the homeless. I think about the stranger, that vagabond, that nomad that wanders. I think about the naked, the ones that don't have anything, folks. What about the, the sick, the one that is not only physically sick, but sin sick? And then what about the prisoner? The one that's in bondage. You can be sitting in here tonight and be in bondage and no one else knows it. You can have everyone else around you fooled, but you're in your own bondage right now because sin's got a hold of you. No one knows about what you, what you, uh, what you pull up on your computer. Nobody knows about what you go watch or what you listen to. Nobody knows about those thoughts that are just going through your head and just sitting there going through your head. But I noticed a placement. Jesus, in that same very, in Matthew chapter number 25, goes to where they were. I love what he says. He says in verse 40, Verily I say unto you, as much as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. You know what? I think about a soldier. We have David in here tonight. I appreciate your service tonight. Brother, I appreciate you so much. And I cannot even say that. When I was in high school, I wasn't thinking about service. I had no respect for people in the service. But today, I'm grateful for those that have served. Those who stand on our front lines. For Brother, Brother Hobson, who I personally met not very long ago, I appreciate what he's doing in reaching those. When we go into a prison, we just don't reach the inmate, we reach the officer. They're serving, folks. I have to do it in a tactful way. I have to do it when I have to get them off to the side. I can't always do it right in front of everyone. But I think about a soldier. A soldier knows best when it comes to fighting in a battle. You know what? They know better than anyone else when you're standing on the front line and the individual is just bringing in the goods. They don't quite understand the battle like the man on the front line does. You know what? They understand the placement a little bit better. Not only do we see when he came to where he was, we notice his placement, but we notice his predicament. Look back with me at verse number 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his remnant and wounded him. This individual noticed his predicament. He had no clothes and he was wounded. I think that this individual was laying there naked. I don't think he had anything. I don't know about you, but I grew up uh, a little bit rougher than most. And I remember when people would steal your shoes off your feet. I went into the gym one day. We had PE come back and my clothes were gone. Because that's the type of people that are out there. That's the type of people. That was the predicament he was in. But he was wearing his clothes. And yet they stole his clothes. They stripped him, they stripped him of his remnant. They wounded him. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor um, uh, idlers, uh, nor feminine, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor coveters, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extorters shall inherit the kingdom of God. But what does that verse continue to go on to say? And such were some of you. But ye are washed. 
<laughs> oh, Lord, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified. Oh, I'm going to take a laugh right now. I'm so excited for what? Let, i, I got to read it again. But ye are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. It's because of Jesus. Oh, goodness. We see his predicament, though. He didn't forget to where he... Don't ever forget to where God's brought you from. If it was you and me in that same predicament, we'd be right back there all over again, trapped in our sin. You know what? We see that uh, he came to where he was. He saw his placement. He saw his predicament. He saw his peril. Looking back at verse number 30. Which was stripped of his remnant and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. I've thought on this and I've thought on this and I believe that individual was unconscious. I just don't believe that he was just a little bit out, but I believe he was unconscious. I believe he's laying there, he's strode out, and there's no life in him. He's literally on the, on the cusp of dying. And he goes and the Samaritan sees him literally laying half dead. If it wasn't bad enough being robbed, being beat, here he is at the point of the brink of death. Here he is about to die. He was literally in a near-death situation. And I don't know about you, but many of you know my testimony. At age 19, I went into a drug overdose and a diabetic coma. I know what it was like for them to bring me back. I know what it was like to lay in a hospital bed for days on end, them not knowing if I was going to survive or not. But I thank God tonight that He was merciful. You know what? He knew my peril. He knew my situation. He knew where I was at. This Samaritan came to where the man was laying on this roadside and he noticed something about him. Folks, we've got to go to where they're at. I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm glad the church is here tonight. But we have to go out there and reach them. They're not going to come in here, but we have to go to them. We have to go to where they are. Not only do, do I notice that he came to where he was, look again with me at verse number 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he, or came where he was, and when he saw him, oh my goodness, it's about time that we open our eyes and start seeing what's going around us. Well, we'll shut off the news, we'll shut off the media, we'll shut off all this, because we don't want to see what we don't want to see. It's still there whether we want to see it or not. It's still there. If we would see the loss and the hurting for ourselves, it would change something within us. Uh, the other day, and I'm not giving ourselves no, no pat on the back, but I want to tell you that I had a burden for, for my community. I had a burden for my, for my street. And so I thought on it for about a month. Lord, what, what can we do to reach our own folks? And so for Christmas this year, and it's been a little while since I've done it, and shame on me, but it's been a little while since I've went and knocked on doors. So I said, Lord, I said, we've got to do something to reach our community. We've got to do something to let our neighbors know that we care. So we went and we made up Christmas cards. And we put a gospel track in every one of them. And we, we, we put a little bit of writing in that. And we had a little bag of candy. And we went door to door. And I took my children and we knocked on doors, folks. And we told them that Jesus loved them and that we hoped they had a Merry Christmas. You know why? Because I'm concerned for my neighbors. I'm concerned for those that are dying and going to hell. We've got to do something now. They may not have tomorrow. They're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I could fall out before I ever walk off this platform tonight. I'll be in glory. I'll be praising His dear name. But you know what? So many are not prepared. So many are not. But when he saw him, he noticed some things about him. First of all, he noticed his hurt. The good Samaritan literally laid eyes on this man and saw his hurt. When you go to folks, you'll start to see some stuff. 
If you say, Brother Justin, I just don't know anything about that. When you've got a free weekend, come with me and let's do homeless ministry. Come with me out. One of the most disturbing things I've ever seen is last Christmas we were out. And as we went out, we went here in Statesville. Statesville, folks. Not talking about New York City. Not talking about L.A. I'm talking about Statesville. We went out to Statesville. We found a tent. We had our homeless bags ready. We call them bags of compassion. And we got our bags out and we seen a tent. So we pulled up to it and uh, got out, me and another gentleman. Um, and anyways, we walked up. And as we walked up, uh, someone spoke from the inside. And we said who we were. And he said, he said could you open the, the zipper on my tent? Now, normally we don't touch anything. Uh, that's just a no-no. You don't touch anything. And he was like, I can't open it. I need you to open it. Well, he opened it about that far. And I'm standing off to the side, and I look in there, and it looks like there's somebody dead in there. And I was scared to death. I mean, I really, I was, I was like, I don't know what's about to happen. I said, this guy could have went and killed somebody. Now he's got him in there with him. I said, I don't know what's about to transpire. Needless to say, I found out that this man was in his 70s. He had served our military. And yet, it's 32 degrees outside, and he's laying on the ground in a tent. And I slept in a 75-degree house in a nice comfy bed, and yet this man's laying out on the ground. Did you know he accepted everything we had to give him that day? Now, when we told him the gospel, he cussed us out. But we still gave it to him. Not everyone's going to receive what you have for him, folks. But we still have to go to them. We have to see their heart. I think about this. If you're up late, like I'm up a whole lot late. I think most of the time we don't get in the bed till about 2 o'clock. And so uh, we travel, and uh, if we get out of church at 9, 10 o'clock, y'all know I love to talk anyways. But uh, that's kind of a joke there. You got that. Uh, but uh, when, we leave, when we leave a church, uh, most of the time, if we're within three hours, I drive home. I like to sleep in my own bed. Um, it's hard. This coming up month in January, I think we'll have three weeks where we'll be away from the house. Uh, we've got hotels after hotels after hotels. I like to sleep in my own bed. But late at night, they'll play these ads. And you've seen them before, these, these commercials. Um, and these commercials always show people in foreign countries and they're starving to death. And I thought about something. If someone were to tell you about that, you'd probably be pretty sad. Well, there's an individual over there and they've, they've not been fed for a week and they're skin and bones. And that may make you a little bit sad. If someone showed you a few pictures, though, you may even be moved to tears. You, may, you might put a few pictures up there tonight. Brother, that couldn't have went better along with what I wanted to preach on tonight about Kentucky. I mean, we think we've got it hard. They went to bed that night thinking everything was all right. And one of the greatest tornadoes that they've ever had come through any area came through and wiped them all out. You get up and you say, I was looking to go to church this morning, but there's no church to go to. I was looking for my Bible, but my car's gone and my Bible's gone too. And yet we got up today, not a thing wrong. God's blessed us beyond measure. Now, we're not better than they are. It's just God allowed that to happen to them. I can't tell you why. I don't have all the answers tonight. I know who does have all the answers, and that's our Lord. But when he saw him, he saw his hurt. You know what? When you see those pictures, you may be moved to tears. But I guarantee you, if we loaded up in a plane, went through all your COVID mess that you got to go through, but you loaded up in a plane, and we, hopped, we went down to Charlotte Douglas tonight. We flew out to, you pick, the, you pick the third world country. And we flew in. And as we get out and we go, maybe it's Pakistan Raj we go to. And we go to India. And we go to gypsy colonies. And you see those individuals and lay your eyes upon them. You talk to them firsthand. You touch them. You hear from them. Your heart begins to get stirred. I think that's how it was for us when we first went into the prison. 
the very first time. Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm, I, I can't do that, I can't do that. But then God put a burden upon me. When you see them, you see their heart. Not only do you see their hurt, you see their hunger. What was the man hungry for, folks? Unconscious, naked, laying on the side of the road? I think he was hungry to live. What do you think? I think he was hungry to live. I think this good Samaritan had seen that. His plan was not to go get robbed that day. That individual that walked in just last week, that little girl, that 14-year-old girl, walked into the stall to change her clothes. And she was shocked. Mom's grieving over that. I watched a little bit of that on the news this week. Do you think she went in there looking to get shot? What about these schools? Kids are going in there to learn. And next thing they know, they're getting shot up. I don't think that was the, I don't think that was the plan. His plan was he had somewhere he was going. Maybe he was a businessman. Maybe he was going to go meet someone else. Maybe he was going to sell something. Maybe he wasn't a businessman. Maybe he was just going to see his family. Think about Horatio Spafford. He was sending his family across to go be part of with D.L. Moody. All that going on. And yet, they didn't make it. This man right here, we don't know what he was going to do, but I'm sure he was not planning to get robbed. He was not planning on getting beat. But he had a hunger. He had a hunger to live. When the Good Samaritan saw him, he saw his hurt, he saw his hunger, but he saw his humility. The Good Samaritan noticed something that I think we forgot, is that people are still people. They are a living soul. There's something in them that God wants. God wants their soul, folks. So often we look over somebody and we say, I'm not messing with them. They've done this, they've done that. This is a hard time of year for many folks. Christmas is always hard. Because you have family members in that you don't get along with. You have people around that you just don't, you'd rather not be around. But something we need to come to terms on is their soul that Christ died for. 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 9 says, For the, the, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some man count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That means red, yellow, black, white, rich, poor, good, bad, Christ died for them all. It doesn't matter who they are. We have to see their humility. We have to see that they are a sinner in need of the Savior. Would we get out of our own little shells, out of our own little selves and say, you know what, I'm over this. Now you say, Brother Justin, you're preaching pretty hard tonight. Maybe I'm not preaching to you, I'm just preaching to me tonight. You know what, because I have to remember as I go that there's not enough busyness to keep me busy not to tell somebody about Jesus. If we ever think it's an inconvenience to tell somebody about Christ, we need to go get checked up, folks. We need to figure out why we're saved to begin with. If God wanted to, He could have raptured us right then. When we got saved, He could have said, you know what? You know what? I've got another way. You're saved. Come on to heaven. I'll send my angels down to do that. That's not how He designed it. He called each and every one of us. More than that, He commissioned us to go. Commissioned us to go to them. Because, you know what? You can relate to somebody I can't relate to. I can relate to somebody you can't relate to. We've all got something that we can do that other ones cannot do. There's areas that you're going to get into that I'm not going to get into, and vice versa. So not only do we see this tonight, that we see He came to where He was, we see that He saw Him. I want to wrap up on this last point tonight. Look with me back again at verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came to where he was, and when he saw Him, he had compassion on Him. I want you to notice this last point tonight. He had compassion on Him. It's about time that we have compassion. 
You know what? Matthew chapter number 6, verse, 33, verse 36 says it this way. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered as broad as sheep having no shepherd. We've got to notice this. Number one, we have to be moved with compassion. How do we know he was moved with compassion? Look again at the Scripture. Verse 34, it says, And he went to him and bound up his wounds. Well, I think somebody that's compassionate is going to go and help somebody else out. I think about this so often. I think about our faith as an action verb. Well, compassion is also an action verb. You can say you have faith. We'll test your faith. We'll give you a, uh, tell you that there's electricity running through this building right now. We'll give you uh, some, uh, a fork, and I'll go tell you to go plug it into one of them outlets and see what happens. Uh, you'll find out how much your faith really is working there. But compassion is the same way, folks. For us to say, oh, I've got compassion for such and such. We drive by them. Well, I hope you get better. And just keep on going. No, compassion is saying, what can I do to help meet your need? What can I do? We must be compassionate on them. We must be moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Here this man is on the side of the road, and he goes to him, and he begins to do something. He doesn't just sit there and say, oh. Because if you read the passage of Scripture, you'll notice his own people. Now, this man was a Jew that's laying down the road. How do we know? Because it says the priest and it says the Levite came to him first. Then were his own people. They looked at him. And could you imagine your own people? Church member doing it to church member? It happens every day. Walks up to him. Oh, you're down in the dirt. Good kick and walk on. Because they don't care. You tell me it hadn't happened. It happens everywhere. What about your fellow co-workers? You walk into the job. Well, you see, I'm struggling. I'm getting behind on my, I'm getting behind on my stuff. <laughs> Too bad for you. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Because they don't care. They're not moved with compassion as he was moved with compassion. When is the last time that you went out of your way to be compassionate to another person? When did you say, I'm just going to go out and do something, no strings attached? Lord, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to take my hard-earned money, I'm going to go buy this, and I'm going to go take it to that individual out there. And I'm just going to go help them. I, I don't know what they need. Uh, my, my grandmother is, uh, my wife's grandmother is not here. She's already passed away. Many of you knew Verlin. But Verlin was an image of that if I've ever seen it. That woman, I'm telling you, we could go anywhere. She'd buy something. We'd be at a yard sale. She'd go buy a whole bunch of stuff. Say, well, you can buy, who are you going to give that to? She said, I don't know, but I'm going to find somebody. She used to do that stuff all the time. Load up a truck full of stuff, and she'd be like, well, there's somebody in the neighborhood that needs that. There's somebody that needs that. Because she was just compassionate on people. I mean, I wish, I, I wish that I seen things like she's seen. We went to go buy Christmas presents for just my nephews and my, or my nieces the other day. I'm like, I don't have a clue what they need. I don't have a clue what they want. Let's see what I want. Because it always turns back on me. Because we're always so prideful. We always bring back to me. It's always about us. But I see that he was moved with compassion. He went to him. And I think it's amazing that we must point out that he was a Jew. And here is this Samaritan. They make it clear. Jesus makes this point very clear. Because he went to his enemy, folks. He didn't go to his friend. He didn't go to his neighbor. Hey, you sit beside me. Hey, you work beside me. Hey, this will benefit me. He went to someone who was right opposite of him. Someone who would have been mean to him. Someone who would have not looked at him. Now you think the Samaritans were looked at as half-breeds. And I hate that word. I was called that word a whole lot growing up. I hate that word. But that's what they were looked at. They were looked at as dogs. The Jews cared nothing about the Samaritans. But here he goes to his enemy. 
I think about what Jesus says in Matthew chapter number 5, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus commands us to help those who hate us. It's hard. I know it's hard. Folks say, I'm, I can't go into the ministry what you're into, Justin. I know what them individuals have done. I do too. But you know what? I don't, I don't see a crime. I see a sinner that needs Jesus Christ. I see somebody that needs to hear the clear presentation of the gospel and to be able to tell about Jesus and for them to have the opportunity to be saved. I don't see somebody, oh, well, they done this, they done that. Sure they did. What'd you do in your past? What'd I do in my past? If you knew the things that I'd done, you wouldn't let me stand up here before you. I promise you that. I went into a community not long ago and I knew that I had an impact on that community. I literally got up and stood and just apologized to begin with before I even preached. I told them, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I know I've ruined people's lives in this facility here because of what I did in my past. But praise God, it's all under the sea of forgetfulness. It's as far as the east is from the west. And do you have a measurement on that? I don't. I, I don't th- God says he's cast it from as far as the east is from the west. So we see that he had compassion. He was moved with compassion. Not only was he moved with compassion, he was motivated with change. Look again with me at verse 34. And he went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And he set him on his own beast. And he brought him to an inn and took care of him. I love this point. I love that he was motivated with that change. He said, I'm going to do something about this. I'm not only going to go to him and help him, I'm going to get him set up on the right way. I'm going to try to get him in the right way. You know what? You go to somebody, your neighbor, they're going through, so, through divorce, they're going through uh, a hard time with their children or whatever they're going through. Maybe they're battling drug addiction or something. And you go to them and you begin to minister to them. You begin to help them. Hey, are you going to church anywhere? Have you thought about going to church? love for you to come to our church. Why don't you come in? Why don't you come in and get under, under, the, under some good Bible believing, some good preaching? We'll love on you. I promise you we'll love on you. You know what? People just need to hear that sometimes. What will surprise you more than anything else is people are looking for an invite. Do you know how many people I talk to regularly that say, I'm in between churches, so we've, we've flown a little bit this year, and we were uh, on the way back from Denver, and we flew into Charlotte. We got there about midnight, and the lady sitting in front of me, uh, she struck up a conversation with Kristen. And as she struck up a conversation with Kristen, I began to ask her, and she said, what do y'all do? And we told her we were missionaries. And she said, um, I said, well, are you going to church anywhere? Immediately, I'm going to church. I'm going to Jesus. I mean, I start talking to somebody. What is there else to talk about? Guess what? The sports team's going to lose. They're going to win. It don't matter. The weather's going to change. It don't matter. But Jesus stays the same. So we go in and we start talking about Jesus. And uh, I said, where are you going to church? She told me. And she said, we're in between churches. I said, uh, I said, where do you live at? And so she told me down there in Charlotte area. Well, I, I, I'm not going to recommend her drive all the way up here. Uh, just to be honest with you, I'm not going to do that. But I, I started recommending some churches in the Charlotte area that would be some good Bible-believing churches for her to get involved in. And she just gave me excuse after excuse. But so many times people are just looking for an invite. They're looking for a reason uh, for someone just to tell them. But we see that he was motivated with change. Romans 12, uh, 12 and 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We must be motivated with the same will. This Samaritan had that will in his life. He had God's will in there. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God's will is for us to be able to tell people about Jesus. I believe that that should be our main thing. We should tell them about the death, burial, and resurrection. You know what? Just like that, um, just like that Samaritan woman, just like the woman at the well, you know what she went and done? She gave a testimony. 
Folks, every one of you got a testimony here today. If you're lost in here today, you got a testimony. It may not be a good one, but you still got a testimony. Everybody has a testimony. You know what? You can lead people to the Lord just by that. I think about that. I think about, well, he had compassion on him. He was moved with compassion. He was motivated with change. And lastly, he was motioning him to Christ. Look with me again at verse 34. It says, And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him out to an inn, and took care of him. Notice that last part. He took care of him. (laughs) Sometimes I think people have physical needs that need to be taken care of. But so often they have spiritual needs that no one knows about that need to be taken care of. And if we would just help them with their physical needs, we could also help them to take care of their spiritual needs. Remember the multitudes when they came to Jesus in Mark chapter number 6, verse 34. It's the same outline, folks. Verse 34, And Jesus, when He came out, He saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd. And He began to teach them many things. Jesus gave us plainly through His Scripture. You know what? This was the process of doing this. This is how we're supposed to do it. We go to where they're at, we'll see them where they are, and we're to have compassion on them. You know what? It's not time to give up. It's not time to give in. Christian, it's time to strike your stance. It's time to stand on the wall. It's time to proclaim the gospel. It's time to march forward. Keep proclaiming the word of Christ. I was thinking about this, and I don't know. um, uh, Like I said, we were traveling, and we we got back in, and it was that same trip. We got off the plane, and we were coming back in. And uh, anyways, I've never had this happen to me before. Maybe you have, but we were gone for two weeks. And so we flew back in and uh, got out and we got, got in early. And my wife can tell you we were excited. Well, then the, uh, the belt, the luggage belt wasn't working quite correctly. And so it took forever to get our luggage. And we didn't know if we were ever going to get our luggage. Well, we finally, I said, Kristen, we've got our luggage. I said, I'm going to run out. I know where the car's at. I'll be right back and we'll be gone. And uh, that be gone took a whole lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Because I got out there and I got on the bus and the guy said, what parking lot are you in? I said, lot two. He said, what, which one do I need to drop you off of? I said, not a clue. And so we rode around for a little while. And everybody else got off, and we rode around for a little while. He said, he said sir, do you know where you're getting off at? I said, not a clue. I got off, I got back on. I got off, got back on. I said, I don't know. It began to downpour. I said, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do now. And so I got back on the bus, and we rode around. And that man was a Christian. And God had put me there for that time to be encouraged by that man because he reminded me. He said, Justin, that belt, didn't, that belt did not slow up. Because it was, it was some fault of the belt. It's because God had ordained that perfectly for you. He said, God put us right here together right now. And here I was thinking it was an inconvenience. And God showed me how much of an inconvenience it was. When we went back around we got back off the, and I got back off the bus, he said, I said, just let me out over here. I think this is where I'm at. He said, well, if you don't know where you're at, and if you've ever been to Charlotte, you'll know this. There's a little white truck out there. It has a green light on top of it. He said, if you can't figure out where you're at, and you don't know, he said, go over there to that man, and he will help you find your vehicle. I was like, what is he going to do to find my vehicle? I said, I'm tired of looking for my vehicle. So I hopped in the truck with him. I said, sir, I said, I don't know where I parked. I said, can you tell me where I parked? He looked back at me, and he had just broken English. He was, I guess he was from the Caribbean or somewhere. But uh, he sounded very, very much like that, from the islands of some sort. And uh, I said, sir, I don't know where I parked. He said, we'll help you find where you parked. And so for about 45 minutes, we just rode around. Aisle by aisle, up, down, up, down. I said, that ain't me. He said, you got one of the buttons. I'm pushing the button. I'm hanging out the window pushing the button. And the whole time, God's saying, speak to this man. 
I said, Lord, I'm just trying to find my car. I said, Lord, I said, I'm not really trying to have a conversation with him. I'm wanting to find my car real quick. I've got my wife and uh, six, uh, six kids. Yeah, six kids. I've got my wife and five kids sitting back. But I'm the sixth kid. But I've got my wife and kids sitting back there, and I know that she's, Blaze has done destroyed half the airport by now. And I said, you know what? There's, there's no one to help us. I said, I said, Lord, I said, I just want to find out where I'm parked at. He said, speak to the man. I said, but Lord, I said, I just want to find my car. What transpired over the next few minutes would change my life right there. Because I was, when I finally said, Lord, I'm willing to do it, and I finally began to talk to him about his salvation and began to talk to him about eternity, I immediately found my car. Immediately, folks. I'm talking about pulled up and there was the car. I'm sitting there and God's like, if you'd have just done what I told you to do, we found your car the whole time. I was supposed to have compassion on this man. He wasn't just sitting there for by happenstance. He was sitting there waiting on me. God had ordained that time for me to talk to this man at this time. But I was more concerned about me. Not seeing the man laying in the side of the ditch. Not seeing the one that needed the help. We get so caught up with us. Can we remember it's not about us? It's about him. John said he must increase and we must decrease. It's not about us, folks. We were just in a church, and I'm done after I'm done with this. We were in a church just Sunday night. Our video didn't work. I like to use video when we can. Our video didn't work. And so they had the they had they had a picture of us up there. And um, anyways, the sound would continue to go. And I was just reminded while I was sitting there with the pastor. And the pastor seen the video. I knew him well. He had seen it, but his folks had not seen the video. And I was reminded as the video was running, it's not about me. It doesn't matter what I have to say. It's about Christ. It's all about Christ. So I end with this tonight. Can you be a good Samaritan? Sure you can. We all can. But I leave you with this. Will you be a good Samaritan? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to open your word. God, I pray, Lord, you've stirred something in our hearts, Lord. As we seek You, Lord. Lord, there is people all around us. There are people everywhere. Lord, that are dying and going to a sinner's hell. Or a devil's hell. Not a sinner's hell, but a devil's hell tonight. Lord, and all they knew is they need somebody to have compassion on them. Lord, if we'll go to where they're at. If we see their condition. If we see what they're in. God, would You just have us, Lord, just to give them the gospel. Lord, we don't have to be all fancy. We don't have to have the right words. But God, if we just give out a gospel track, Lord, if we just love on somebody, God, we're ending 2021. Lord, there's two days left in it. God, I pray, Lord, I'd lead somebody to Christ in the next two days. God, I pray that our hearts desire, instead of having a New Year's resolution, how many people can, uh, how, many, how much weight can we lose? Lord, how, how much can we do this? How much can we do that? Can we just put on a resolution? Lord, help me to lead people to Christ this year. God, there's people dying and going to hell. Lord, we need to have a compassionate heart as you had a compassionate heart, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in here. And God, I pray, Lord, you'd help them. Lord, as they continue to be steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the work of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads about, our eyes are closed tonight. Well, oh, I appreciate the good challenge, Brother Justin. Well, it's helped me tonight. Tell me tonight. Can I ask a question really quick? And we're, we're, we're not going to prolong this invitation at all tonight. Although, 
I'm going to ask you to do something very specific tonight. I believe it's something the Lord's laid on my heart. But can I ask this first of all so I know how to pray? On this Wednesday night, the last Wednesday night of this year, I wonder if there might be one here tonight, anywhere in this room, and you'd say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. I want to go to heaven, but I'm not sure I would go to heaven. And I care enough to uh, slip up my hand and let you say a prayer for me tonight. Is there one like that anywhere this evening? And you'd slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I want to go to heaven, but I, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. And if that's you, would you slip your hand up right now? Would you, would you raise it? Let me pray for you tonight. So I see a couple of these, I see a couple little hands tonight, and I'm going to pray for them. So in just a moment, we're going to stand. Our heads are going to be bowed, eyes are going to be closed. I know this is a Wednesday night. You've worked today. Some of you probably came in your work clothes tonight. I mean, it's it's a different time. But this is, as Brother Justin said just a moment ago, this is the last service the last Wednesday service of this year. And I just wonder tonight if you would be willing to do something, I'm going to ask you to maybe just make a move and just at least for a moment just come around this altar and pray this prayer. Number one, Lord, in 2022, would you use me to glorify you? Lord, would you use me, me, to glorify you. I want you to use the preacher, yes, but would you use me to glorify you? But wait a minute, there's something else I want you to pray. Number two, would you pray this? Because this is what Brother Justin was preaching on tonight. Lord, would you help me to lead someone personally to Jesus Christ in 2022? Would you help me to? I want the pastor to. I want the deacons to. But Lord, would you help me personally to lead someone to Jesus in 2022? I want us to stand all over the house tonight, if you would. And if you're here tonight and, and you just come and breathe that prayer to the Lord. You can come down here and just breathe that prayer, turn around, walk back to your seat if you want to. But there's just something, there's just something special about making your way to an altar and sealing a decision with the Lord. If you're here tonight and you're visiting, that's fine. I, I understand tonight. But you say, Pastor, I wasn't ready to make a New Year's resolution. And I'm not saying this is a New Year's resolution, but I'm just saying if that's you tonight and you'd pray this, Lord, would you help me to bring glory to you this year somehow? And Father, would you help me to lead someone personally to the Lord Jesus Christ? If you do that, I want you to come tonight and just breathe that prayer to the Lord. Father, I pray you'll have your way in this invitation. God, would you use me personally to glorify you this year? 
I want my kids to glorify you. I want my wife to glorify you. I want our church to glorify you. But Lord, that's not enough. Father, would you use me to bring glory to your son this year? God, maybe you had me, maybe you'd have me do something that I've never done. Maybe you would lead me to do something in a in an area that I've never served. God, it could be that you'll lead me out of my comfort zone in 2022, but Lord, would you use me to personally honor you and glorify you? And then Lord, would you do this? Would you help my path to intersect with someone who wants to be saved? And Father, would you give me the opportunity to lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ? Father, I want to preach the gospel this year and I want to see folks walk the aisle. But Lord, would you give me the opportunity to personally lead someone to Jesus? Father, as Brother Justin preached tonight, would you help me to see them? Would you help me to have compassion on them? Father, tonight I pray that you're working this invitation. Save those who are lost and undone without Christ. I pray for these young people that raise their hands tonight. I pray that you'd save them. But maybe there's others here tonight that need, need the Lord. God, tonight, would you save their soul? God, would you, Lord, and you have. You've done some amazing things in 2021. And and Father, as a church, we want to take just a moment and say thank you. God, really what you did in 2021 has been miraculous. But God, could you do, could you do the miraculous in 2022? God, you, could you take us to a, to a new place? To a better place? To a more effective place? Father, so tonight... The best we know how, we dedicate ourselves to you. Lord, the best we know how, we yield ourselves to you. Oh, God, please do great things in this coming year. Father, please do great things. We thank you, Lord, and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.